You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, I am in a very interesting place right now. And we're going to go through every game that has happened um, in the second round of the ACC Women's Basketball Tournament. And we'll, we'll try to get through the bottom of, or to get to the bottom of what's going on right now. Because this is... This is confusing. This is flat-out madness. This is a thing that I couldn't tell you. I could not explain to you in in any uh, straight-ahead terms. Hey, this is what we're seeing, and this is why we're seeing it. I'd be lying to you. I would be lying to you. So, again, we're, we're going to talk about all the games that happened. Um, of course, we are going to talk about our win over Florida State, uh, but we've also got, I mean, there's there's more to talk about here. There's That's just the reality. There is so much to discuss from uh, the, the, the win over Florida State to the upset, the, the wild upset, the breakdown, the collapse of Louisville at the end of the fourth quarter or at in the fourth quarter against uh, the seventh seed Miami and why I feel like this is a dangerous territory for NC State to be in. I mean, this is a really, really dangerous territory for NC State to be in. And I'm not saying this from like a, oh, I need to drum up some type of conflict. No, 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 no. I genuinely mean you have on one side of bracket, Miami and Notre Dame, you have on the other side, us in Virginia Tech, and I'm, I'm trying to tell you, this is a situation where we could roll this tournament. We could roll it, end up winning every game by 20, not close, whatever. It's possible. It's possible. It's also possible that any one of these teams that are remaining could beat us, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because at the end of the day, these things need to be talked about. But before we get into any of that, obviously – We've got to talk about uh, just this domination that we had against Florida State. A 30-point win. I want to say it was 85 or 84 to 54, rather. Just a, an absolute domination, and we need to talk about how it happened, okay? So this was your typical NC State game in that, or this this was a game in which we came out, got out to a hot start, got uh, a 22-15 lead mainly because we were doing some really good shooting and we were forcing them into bad shots. And from there, we get into even worse territory or even better territory, worse for Florida State, by having one of our patented quarters, which Alex Sawyer, my main man, has been keeping track of. The 21st or 22nd time that we have held an opponent to single digits. So there's there's that. But I want to talk again about the fact that um, the reality is when we showed up to this game, it was not, I mean, other than it was about halfway through the first quarter, um, they were down or we were up 10-7. And 
after that, it kind of seemed like it kind of seemed like we just we just went on a run and they never caught up. Every time they got within striking distance, it got worse and worse and worse. So with that being said, again, this was caused mostly by forcing turnovers, defensive pressure, getting out in transition and getting easy baskets. Like that's the reality. Again, the, the score was eight to ten, or no, no, no. it was uh, seven to ten with five minutes left in the quarter, and we ended up twenty-two to fifteen. And then, of course, we get to the second quarter, and that's where we really, really start to take this thing over. That's where you really see us uh, start to assert our will in a major way with our second unit coming on and just molly whopping everything that Florida State had going for them plus some. Like, at the end of the day, we were up 36-23 at halftime. And, again, this this game never felt close. It never felt like Florida State had a chance of fighting back. So, when you look at the scorecard or when you look at the uh, box score, you see Jakea Brown-Turner continues her hot shooting, had 15 points, six rebounds, six assists, no turnovers. Two steals on seven of nine shooting. Alyssa Cunane continues her great shooting in Greensboro because for whatever reason, that home cooking has been amazing to her. She has played her heart out every time she has stepped into Greensboro Coliseum. Like that's just the reality. It's it's not a, a doubt in my mind that uh, whether or not she can get the job done because every time this tournament time comes around, Every time, every time it's a, a question of, okay, who's going to step up for NC State? Alyssa has answered emphatically, me. I'm going to quote another stat from Alex Sawyer because, you know, at this point, he's he's my unofficial stats guy. Um, her, these are the last scoring outputs she's put up in Greensboro, okay? This is dating back about nine games. 22 points, 20 points, 16 points, 11 points, 18 points, 27 points, 23 points, 20 points. And 15. All of which came in the first half, by the way. She didn't really play too much in the second. Uh, So, you're looking at, again, a situation where you've got a a player who is dominating, not having to play big minutes, and being very effective in a limited amount of minutes. What more could you ask for? Really and truly, what more could you ask for? And we talk about balance all the time. Every player that played double-digit minutes for the pack, except Camille Hobby, put up at least five points. Really, at least six. But, you know, five is just a – even though it's an odd number, it's it's a more – it feels like a more reasonable number than six. But anyway, uh, it, that's, that's just the case. And all of these players, except Diamond Johnson, shot better than 40% for, or 40% or better. Every single one. That, that is what gives me optimism, gives me hope to say, now that Louisville's out, it's, it's three-peat time. It's to go ahead and ring them. Go ahead and get your Phil Jackson memes ready because it's a three-peat. That's what we got coming our way. That's what makes me say that. This team did all this without shooting the three ball particularly well. And this is so interesting to me because the last few games – they have not been good in any regard from deep. And we've just been figuring it out, plugging along, 
making it happen, getting wins. We've been uh, getting to the paint, getting buckets in the paint at will, which is, is this is the crazy part to me. When you have a team who can score like we do from the outside, it often becomes, you become over-relying on that. And you kind of lose your way and, and forget, hey, there's another part of the game that's important. Hey, there's there's this thing called uh, the paint where technically speaking or statistically speaking, you can get more efficient shots than you can from 25 to 30 feet away from the rim. And with that being said, again, we are finding ways to just dominate points in the paint. It is, it's, it hasn't been close for the last few games, but not only are we dominating points in the paint, we're dominating fast break points. And we're getting back defensively in a way that is hard, hard, hard to stop. I mean, think about it this way, okay? Between points in the paint and fast break points, to me, those were the biggest advantages that we had tonight, right? And obviously, points off turnovers, because like I said, in the first quarter, we returned them over on top of forcing bad shots. Uh, But, if you're looking at points in the paint and fast break points, we had a 53 to 26 advantage in both categories combined. If you want to talk just points in the paint, 42 to 26. If you want to talk fast break points, Florida State didn't score a single fast break point all game. And again, points off turnovers, 11 in the first quarter. That is how you get started. That is how you get started. Because like I said, everybody says, oh, well, we can get away with these slow starts. We can get away with these slow starts. We can get away with these slow starts against bad teams. We can get away with these slow starts against teams that are middle of the pack. Where we want to go and what we want to do, fast starts are not going to be acceptable. They're not going to be the way to getting us what we want. That's just the reality. I've already showed you the statistical and analytical breakdown of what happens when we start slow. So this team playing like this? 21 points off turnovers, 11 fast break points, 42 points in the paint, uh, winning that battle by 16 points. That, that is where you look up and you say, okay, all right, I get it. I get it. This team, even if they're not shooting from outside, well, there's many different ways that they can beat you. This is what gets me excited about this team. But we also need to talk about uh, why it's, in the words of Lee Corso, you know, many people say, We got this thing locked up. Not so fast, my friend. I'll be right back to tell you why. Alrighty, so we're back and I now have to be the bearer of not so great news. Okay? And let me tell you why. Obviously, many people have talked about it. Many people have, have, you know, dug into it and and talked about the the 61-59 upset of Louisville by Miami as like, oh, this is it. This is, we we won the game now, or we won the tournament now. And here's, here's why I will say, hold on, slow it down now. Slow it down. Each and every one of the teams that are left has a shot at beating us, has a shot. And I don't just mean a, a, an outside puncher's chance. Each team has the ability and has shown the ability to get it done against us. And I know, I know what you're thinking. I'm not saying that these teams have beaten NC State. What I'm saying is have shown the ability to, if a couple breaks go the other way, they walk away with the game against us. So you may say, well, what do you mean by that? 
This Virginia Tech team, I don't know if y'all remember, before this 30-point blowout, our last game was a two-point victory that took everything in us. It took everything in us to get that game won. Everything. And again, this is not to say that they're a terrible team and, and we shouldn't have been uh, competing with them or, you know, they we, we're just a, they're our kryptonite or something like that. I'm not saying that's the case. What I am saying is, that is a team that took us to the wire. Took us absolutely to the wire. We had a lead late. Of course, we outscored them in the third quarter like we always do. Coach Westmore, king of adjustments. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But with that being said, I mean, they closed out that game, closing that gap expeditiously. We were leading. I, I'll look at it this way, okay? At one point in time, at one point in time, we were leading, I want to say it was like 66 to 50, no, 66-60 or 65-59, okay? Or 65-55, 65-55 with eight minutes left in the game. That's where we'll go. We were leading 10 points, eight minutes left in the game. At that point in time, we struggled to get anything going for the rest of the game. And part of it was us missing open shots. Absolutely. Not going to lie to you about that. Part of it was that. But another part of it was they were playing really good defense. Another part of it was um, Alyssa Kinane had four fouls and we had to figure out ways to get by without her against a team with a really, really good big. And Kitley, who was very vital in that run. And that's that's the reality there. So to say that there is not a world where, oh, things go a little bit differently and it's a chance that we lose that game. Where? How? How is that the conclusion you came to? I want you to explain it to me as if uh, I was a fifth grader. Come on with it. Do your best. So there's there's the potential there. And then you look at uh, Notre Dame. They've already beaten us this year. Granted, granted, that was on the road. And um, they're obviously in North Carolina, in Greensboro, which is an hour from NC State. Uh, over 10 hours from uh, from South Bend, Indiana, but they've already shown the ability to do it. They've gotten the job done. Only team in the ACC to beat us this year. They've shown the ability to do it, and that is a young team that is hot. That is a young team that may not know the, the uh, gravity of this moment, and again, they're just playing, they're just having fun, and they just blew out Georgia Tech. Again, that's a young team. That's hot. No way around that. No way around that. One of the worst types of teams you could play uh, come tournament time. And that's that's the reality of what we're looking at here. So when you move beyond them, you have to get to uh, – well, actually, let's, let's stay there for just a second longer. Let's stay on Notre Dame for just a second longer, okay? When I talk about uh, what Notre Dame is and, and the problems that they present – Again, they seem to match up fairly well with us. Now, do they match up everywhere? No. Have we beaten them by double digits this year already? Yes, absolutely. We have. Anybody that says we didn't, go back and uh, look at the scores again. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't. We didn't beat them by double digits this year. We did not. I'm sorry. I had that wrong. We only played them once. Uh, but with that being said, I, I don't see a world where we go one for nine from deep again. So now we move on to Miami. 
Miami, that's the team that, all right, they have an outside puncher's chance. That's that's all they've got, more or less. But never rule that team out. Never rule that team out. And let me tell you why. They have experience and they have a player who can score with the best of them. The thing that scares me less about them than some of these other teams is the fact that if you are a one-player show going up against this NC State team, it's not going to work out well for you. Especially, especially, especially a one-player show that is predicated on a guard offensively. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's, you're in for a long day. But even they gave us a very close game most of the way uh, in Coral Gable. So, you know, this is, again, I'm not telling you anything that I think. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you the fact that this team, again, we be liars to say, oh, there's, there's no way. There is just no way that this team competes with us. It's, you're, you're not being honest with yourself. You're deluding yourself to feel better about our chances at winning this, which you don't have to do, okay? Because like I said, I've, I've explained to you why every team has a shot to beat. The Virginia Tech has played us close multiple times this year. They played us close our last game before or coming into the uh, conference tournament this year already. Notre Dame, a team that has beaten us already this year. We have not beaten them. Miami, a team that is hot. A team that is out. This is the, the reality of the situation. And I hate to draw this comparison. I hate to draw this comparison. But when we won... If we look at the surviving advanced team, if we said I was a one-off and all these things because ACC men's basketball was just really, really great that year. Well, what do you think ACC women's basketball is this year? What do you, like, very seriously, what do you, what, what, how would you describe this, uh, this women's basketball scene up against that men's basketball scene from back then? And don't give me the, oh, well, they, there were all these future Hall of Famers and all that that were playing back then because we don't know what is going to come of or what is going to happen of these uh, of these players going forward. We really don't. We really don't know what's going to happen. But what I do know is when we, this team not only um, is similar in the middle of the pack, won a close game, all that good stuff, but they have a player in Destiny Harden that I don't even believe played against us the first time. I believe she was out with injury the first time we played them. I'm fairly certain she was out with injury. So, there. Oh no, I'm so, I'm sorry. She was not out with injury. She was uh, coming off the bench and didn't do as much as she did in this game. So I'm sorry. She did play. Let me not say she was coming off injury. She was. Uh, she did play, but she was not nearly as effective as she was in this game. Which, of course, like I've already said about Kai Crutchfield, I mean, she's she's kind of like a, you know, name their best player, point them out, whatever they're used to doing, not anymore. Uh, so, they're still a really good team that is in, it's in that tournament time. You never know what can happen. It's possible. But let me tell you why I think that this team three-peats. Let me tell you why I think this team three-peats, okay? First of all, like I've already said, Alyssa Kunane has to be the best big on the court for us to to make anything happen in terms of uh, 
to, for us to make anything happen in terms of the tournament. Well, if we're talking about the ACC tournament, I mean, look at her. She's put up only double-digit outputs in her last, um, I want to say, eight or nine games. Only put out double-digit outputs. More 20-point games than not. And again, even some of the games where she didn't score 20, it's a direct result of um, Coach Coach uh, Coach Moore deciding to pull her because it's like, all right, we're up enough already. So that's that's one thing uh, that is leaning against Virginia Tech. The other, they just came off a very emotional overtime win, and sometimes when you're looking at a uh, a situation where you're playing the next day, free basketball is good for the fans, not so much good for your players' legs, as well as the fact that Kitley, now I I know this one for a fact, Kitley missed most of the game against um, the University of No Consequences with a, a shoulder injury. So who's to say if she is even able to go? And if she is able to go, will she be 100%? That's a big question. Because at the end of the day, yes, they beat um, – they beat the girls in baby blue. Sure. And I've talked about the fact that uh, the girls in baby blue floor is higher than Notre Dame's floor. But their ceiling is also not as high. So, you know, to see Virginia Tech beat them wasn't super out of this world surprising. Okay. And now, that's a team, that Virginia Tech team without Kitley, packing the mail, it's gone. They don't, they don't have enough. They don't. And then you get to uh, Miami. I mean, we've already I've already gone over the fact that we beat them fully loaded. They had everybody that we beat them. We beat them. So there's there's that. I mean, I, I don't really think that they match up well. Again, I just I don't think that that's a great matchup for them. And Notre Dame, there's the revenge edge. There's the idea that you all are the only team in the conference that beat us this year. It is time to show the conference as well as the rest of the world that that was a fluke, that that was a one-off. That is not who we are. That is not who y'all are in comparison to us. That is not where you are in the world. That's what their job will be if they meet or when they meet in the championship game. That's that's just the reality of what that should be. So I'm thinking that this team three-peats in the, tournament champ, in the conference uh, tournament. I do. I think they they three-peat as champions in the ACC tournament. But again, this is not going to be easy-peasy. I'm not expecting two more 30-point blowouts. I'll say that much. I'm not expecting that. If that does happen, great. Good for us to to rest our players' legs and all that going into uh, the tournament. But I don't think it will. And that'll be great for uh, potentially getting the number one overall seed. Because let's just say that... um, excuse me, the University of South Carolina happens to lose their conference tournament and we win all three of the games and ours by 30. There's not too much more of an argument for, hey, this is the the number one overall seed, which would have us playing uh, a bunch of games either at home or in Greensboro. And I think that'd be pretty awesome. I think that that'd be a great thing for NC State because, again, I've talked about Alyssa Kunay having to be the best big on the court. And when she's in Greensboro, she is the best big on the court often. So that's just my take there. Alrighty, so we're about to land this thing. But long story short, we dominate Florida State. 
we do our part. And you know, I was talking to uh, I was talking to the guys from uh, the Off the Wall podcast, and and you know they 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 uh, cover Louisville, and we were talking about um, what whose whose tournament it is to lose. And I told them this tournament is deep because these teams are deep, or not these teams are deep, but the conference is deep with good teams. The conference has a lot of teams that could uh, pull something off and make something happen as far as an upset goes. And lo and behold, it has happened. It has happened. But because that has happened, we cannot take a breather and take our eye off the sparrow, which I don't think Westmore will allow this team to do. Again, you have a Virginia Tech with either a hobbled or a hobbled Kitley or no Kitley at all coming up. And then you have either Notre Dame or Miami coming out of the other side. I'm going to tell you this. This is a moment where um, NC State can truly put his foot down as an ACC dynasty. An ACC dynasty. Three back-to-back conference tournament championships. Capped off, or not even capped off really, but in that stretch, having a, a season where you go uh, 28 or 29 and 3 and, and have the uh, regular season and conference championships with dominant showings throughout the conference tournament, and then you go on to win a national championship or something like that? Tuh. Oh, man. Oh, man. And again, like I've already told people, everybody saw Isaiah James and said, wait a minute now, hold on, who's this Isaiah James? I told y'all all year. A lot of people are saying this is the year. Listen, I do agree that we should we should never wait around and say, oh, yeah, you know, there's always next year. No, we should absolutely be locked in on the championship because, of course, some of our some of the best players in program history no longer have any eligibility after this year. So, of course, you don't want them to go out without one. But we've got some pieces coming back that people are greatly underrating because they, they seem to be buried on the bit under the bench behind other really great players. Oh man, it's going to be great to see what this team looks like uh, next year. Anywho, thank you all so very much for coming out. I appreciate y'all every single time. Wolfpack nation, peace and love y'all. And as always go pack. You are locked on NC state. Your daily podcast on the NC state Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.